Happy New Year's Eve. Welcome to the final day of 2022. You made it. If you're listening to this, you made it. Congratulations. And thank you for hanging in there on this very intermittently published podcast. Uh, You never know when I'm going to publish a new episode. It typically happens when I just have things to say that I haven't been able to share completely in other ways, like in text or video. And I'm recording this podcast kind of almost like a journal that I might look back on someday to write a book or something. But thank you for coming along with me in this journey, and we will get up and running with words of reflection. So I have a few things, some updates to talk about, about the body buttons and the blanket button and things that Lyra and I are doing together. And some notes of progress regarding our consent-based mounting training that we've been doing, as well as uh, something she said in the company of her farrier, which was cute. So I have a couple of stories to share on that regard, and then just some words to share for the end of the year and reflecting upon hopes and wishes and intentions for the following year. So thanks for coming along. First of all, I have talked about the body buttons that I intended to give to Lyra, and I have done that. So on her right leg, I can give her the button for more, and on on her left leg, I give her the button for more. On her right leg is all done. And incidentally, more and all done are the two words that I taught my daughter when she was a baby uh, with baby signs. So they were kind of like her first words that she was able to communicate. And I just feel like they are a couple of words that are important to be able to convey to possibly reduce frustration. And so I wanted her to have those words always available to her when we're out and about. Now, she usually expresses those kind of things in other ways. But especially if I'm writing her or if we're with someone else, I just want her to have that opportunity to access and say those words. So what I did is I took the little Fluent Pet buttons and I put some sticky Velcro on them, not very well. Unfortunately, the little Fluent Pet buttons, there isn't a very easy way to stick them to things. They either have the tiny battery cover, which is easy to obscure too much so you couldn't ever remove it, or they have the the speaker section, which is not solid plastic, obviously, so the sound can get out. So it doesn't have a great surface to uh, put adhesive onto, but I did the best I could with some Velcro tape. And then I have these Velcro bands that work really well to wrap around Lyra's legs and just Velcro on. And it's great because they can be snug without being too tight. They're easy to put on and off. And then the button just Velcros right onto the front of the band. So I was trying to teach Lyra to use those with mixed results. So I was trying to get her to touch the more button when it's mounted just above her left knee. And I have gotten her to touch the button, but there is a little bit of confusion just because I have so many cues for behavior that involve that left front leg. So that's the first leg I taught her to lift for like cleaning her hooves and stuff is I scratch the front of that leg and she lifts it up, which is great. I mean, she's a rock star for having her hooves cleaned out because now I just have to walk over to that leg and lean down and she picks up that leg. Well, that doesn't work so well when it's like, no, that's, I don't want you to pick up your leg. I want you to bring your nose down and touch the button. And then the other uh, cue she knows is uh, to bow. 
So I will kneel down next to her left leg and she will lift up that leg and then start to bring her head down into a bow. And so she's got a lot of behavior associated with that left front leg. So what I was I had to do is I, I got out her target stick and I had her touching her target stick until I brought her nose closer and closer to the more button. And then I would touch it and, um, and I was using treats. Now, normally I don't have her push a button and give her a treat for it. That has not been the case with any of her buttons. At the very least, yes, some of them have treats involved, but there's a behavior that she's actually asking to perform. So the other button that she loves a lot recently is kisses. She pushes the button for kisses. We do the kisses behavior, and then she gets a reward for that because kisses is a behavior that I do reward, and I'm going to keep rewarding it, so that's fine. But it's not like just a treat button. There's at least a behavior in between. Well, with the more button it's more treats, right? So I have been just straight teaching her to press that button for treats, but then I've also been generalizing it. Before we were buried in two feet of snow, I would be out walking with her and doing a grazing walk. And then I'd be like, come on, let's go walk over to the driveway where there's no grass. And when she was a little reluctant, because she's like, no, I don't want to stop grazing, then I would push the more button on her legs like, oh, do you want more eat? And that's what I say for grazing. I just say eat. And so I push the more button on her leg and then she goes back and I let her graze some more. So I have been generalizing it. So it's not just about getting treats. It can be about other things too. More scritches, more this, more that, more the other thing. But because of that confusion, um, she doesn't quite have it down yet to press those buttons. I need to give her more opportunities to practice those with more intention. And also for all done, I'll have to think, uh, see if I can think of some scenarios or ways, maybe trotting or maybe activities that she doesn't mind but are not preferred and kind of do some of those activities and then push all done. So maybe that will be something I can model more. So I want to have more opportunities to model the body buttons and see if she will use them herself with intention. Now the other button that we've been playing with recently was blanket because a couple weeks back, I think on the 21st of December, it was cold. Holy smokes. It was like wind chill of 35, 40 below. Now for her health and safety, Lyra does not ever need a blanket. She is an American Bashkir curly horse. She has the thickest, curliest coat known to equines. And she looks more like a sheep than a horse this time of year, though it is super cute and I love it. Um, but I do, when it gets that cold, I do throw a blanket on her. And it's probably for my comfort uh, as much or if not more than her own. Um, so... When I saw that weather coming, I did practice with her blanket. I took out the blanket and I would push the word blanket and then I would push play to let her know that I'm not going to leave the blanket on you. We're just doing some blanket play. And I pushed, put the blanket on her and I would give her rewards as I fastened all the fasteners on the blanket. And she's not tied. She doesn't even have a halter on while I do this. She's just standing nicely while I play around with her blanket and give her treats. Which, as usual, treats are just hay pellets, right? So I, and then I would say blanket, all done. I would push the buttons, blanket, all done. And then I would take the blanket back off again. So we did that a couple of times. I just wanted her to remember that the blanket button existed. And then I put the blanket back in the shed. 
Now, I wonder if it's an issue that the blanket isn't typically visible uh, because she, she hasn't pressed the button for blanket. She hasn't asked for it. And so I'm not sure if she's just not thinking about it. Whenever I ask her to push a button, she's much more likely to push one of the fun behavior buttons um, or something else that she wants. So she hasn't pressed it yet. And maybe if it gets cold again, I'll see if I can restrain myself and not immediately go for her blanket and put it on her. Um, the last time I did put her blanket on her when it got so cold, she didn't ask for it. I just, I said blanket, yes. And I put it on her and then it was getting a little warmer and it wasn't so warm that I felt like I had to take it off, but I did give her the opportunity to say blanket all done. If she wanted to say that I was always checking and make sure she wasn't getting sweaty under her blanket or anything. And she wasn't, but she did. She never pushed the blanket button. And then it was getting warm enough where I just felt it and the weather was right. I just needed to get her blanket off of her. So that's what I did. So I'm probably more likely to wait for her to ask to be, to put the blanket on than to, for her to ask to have the blanket taken off. Um, at least at this stage. So we'll see if the winter gives us another opportunity to try that out because there's such blanketing controversy in the horse world. Uh, between, you know, do they need it? Do they not need it? What kind? When it, when it, which horses need it? Which horses don't need it? Do they never need it? Do they always need it? All of this mishmash. And what I want is I want Lyra to have her blanket when she wants it. That's what I want. And so I want her to be able to ask for it. So we'll see how that works. And we'll just keep giving it a try. And believe me, if she ever says the word blanket, I will be telling the world. I will be so happy. So there's that. Um, those are the kind of buttons. The other new button that I've given her is ear. And she likes that. She likes it almost. It's like her second choice right now after kisses. They're similar behaviors. So I teach her her body buttons usually with body targeting. And body targeting is a great skill to learn anyway, because sometimes you have to mess with their body part or, you know, give them, you know, clean it or give them anointment or whatever it might be. So how, how I tell this one is I push ear and she knows the word ear. She knew the word as like with everything, I say the word verbally many, 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 many times before she ever gets the button. So she knew the ear command. So I stand next to her and I say the word ear and then I lift up my arm that's closest to her and then she tilts her head and puts her ear in my hand and it's the cutest freaking thing. So I have videos of that and after she puts her ear in my hand and I kind of rub it around a little bit, then she gets a treat. So she loves that game. She also loves the kisses game. So sometimes she'll push kisses. That's usually her first choice. We'll play the kisses game where she'll give me a kiss. She has to wait until I ask but then she'll give me a kiss and then she'll get a reward. And then if I tell her kisses is all done, then she'll go for a year. It's like, okay, well then let's play the ear game. They're just little games with high reinforcement value. And so that's, that's been great. That's been cute. And it has allowed her to learn that body part. The next one I'll probably give her, she does know spine because we also play a game too. I'm teaching her to move laterally toward me, like sidestep. Um, when I say the word spine and hold out my hand kind of pointed toward her back, she'll move her back toward me. Um, but I think what I'm going to give her next on the body board would be the word belly 
because I want her to be able to tell me at some point if she's ever having any kind of tummy ache. Um, as you might know, colic is probably the horse person's worst nightmare, and a twisted gut can kill a horse. So I want her to be able to say if she's ever uncomfortable in her belly. And also, she does like belly scritches. So that's one way I can teach it to her, is teach her belly scritches and have that belly button available. So I was counting, and I said on Facebook the other day that I thought she had 19 buttons, but... And I had taken some pictures and I realized I was off. She actually has 21. And then the only one she hasn't touched still are no and blanket. And she has touched all of her other buttons with intention, I believe. So that's been awesome. And we'll see what the next year brings. Now, the couple of stories I mentioned. So I am doing just super baby steps on consent-based writing with her. Writing her is not like the end-all be-all, my biggest goal in life with her. Our biggest goal is having a relationship, but I would like to see if we can take that into writing. I think it would be pretty cool. And as long as she doesn't mind, as long as she's a willing partner with me, uh, we're, we're like 100%, 100% both engaged, then why not? So how I, how I kind of do this whole process is first I put her halter on her and she pretty much self halters. She shoves her head in the halter and says, okay, let's go. And I walk her over to the trailer where I don't hard tie her. I just kind of loop the rope through the tie. She can back up, walk away if she wants to. Um, it's kind of nice this time of year to some degree. There's no, no real grazing because everything's covered in snow. So at least we're Thankfully, I've been able to shovel, shovel enough areas for us to stand in. And then she's perfectly content to stand there as long as she's occasionally getting reinforcement. And then I will bring out like the saddle pad and she touches it with her nose and I put on her. I bring out her Western saddle, which is a little bit of a beast. I can just barely hoist it up over her back, but I, I am able to do that. But I have her touch it first. And then I say one, two, three, and I hoist it onto her back because I can't do it any other way and she gets rewards. And then I even make tightening the girth a separate step. So I will hold out the girth so she can touch it. And when she touches it with her nose, then I will tighten the girth just loosely to start and she gets rewarded. And then I'll hold it out and she'll touch it again and then I'll tighten it more. And then she gets rewarded. And I thought it was super important to break that down into tiny steps because I remember when I first got her and wasn't doing everything totally as positively as I am now, she would get to points where she'd either try to pull back a bit while I was tightening the girth or she'd kind of swing her hand around like she and kind of flatten her ears a little bit. So I could tell that she had had some either poor experiences or pain around the girth. And now it's like no big deal at all. She's like, yep, this is part of the routine and I know what to expect and it's all good. And she's really happy about it. And she's not even hard tied. So she could go anywhere she wanted, um, except for the snow. And yeah, we're, we're in good shape. And then I walk her over to the round pen. Now the round pen is a kind of a nice limited space uh, except for the fact that I had to shovel and shovel and shovel for hours and hours and hours and to shovel a path to the round pen. I had to shovel an area halfway into the round pen and to shovel a couple of areas to turn around. Now I have like not even a full half circle, but kind of a, a part of a, a, a way where she can walk a loop 
now if she wants to, if we want to do that. So I had to shovel all that by hand because we don't have a snow blower. We have the snow plow, which works great for the driveway, but that wasn't going to work for my purposes. I'm actually thinking about saving some of my horse money for uh, a little snow and a little snow blower, but we'll see. So anyway, I lead her into the round pen and I take off the, the halter or not the halter, but the lead rope. So she has her halter on, but it's not attached to anything. And she has her saddle on. That's it. That's all of her tack. And then I always have a little pile of hay inside the round pen. So she gets to nibble on that first. So she gets to nibble on that while I just kind of chill, take stock and get my mindset right. And then when I can sense she's about ready, I'll go and stand up on the mounting block. And then she'll come walk toward me. And then she'll actually turn around and line up so her back is in front of me at the mounting block. And I click and reward for that. And then I lift up my left leg and kind of point my boot toward her. And when she touches my boot, uh, my left boot, I put my foot in the stirrup and I get in the saddle. And then I give her a reward for that. So it's kind of a two-step consent process. And I love it that way. I really want to be absolutely sure that she wants me in the saddle before I get in there. So, uh, not the last time I rode her, but the time before, we, we did this whole kind of nice setup and everything, and then I went to lift up my boot and for her to touch my boot, and she didn't do it. I was like, whoa, what's going on? I was like, huh, I have, hmm, that's, that's interesting. So, I put it back down, and I was kind of thinking about it, and she kind of wandered toward her target and touched her target, which is fine. I can reward that as kind of a default thing. She doesn't know what else to do. I was happy to reward that and kind of encouraged her to eat some more of her hay while I thought about what was going on. It's like, what is going on? Why is she not giving me consent? And you know, if she doesn't give me consent, I'm not going to push it. I'm not going to ride today. I'm not doing it unless she wants me to. But then I realized, oh, hey, I forgot to retighten her saddle. Because usually after I lead her into the round pen and she has her hay snack for a bit while she's having her hay snack, I usually tighten the girth a third time. And I hadn't done that. It was still fairly loose. So I was like, oh. And so how I give, get consent for tightening the girth all the way, because I can't reach it around to her nose anymore, is I kind of jiggle the girth, and then I hold out my hand for her to touch. And then when she touches my hand, then I tighten the girth the rest of the way. And she was totally on board with that. And then I went over and stood on the mounting block and then I lifted my boot for her to touch my boot to get in the saddle and she touched it right away and we were on board. And so that was like, yes, this is why I'm doing this. This is why we should do consent based riding with horses because two heads are better than one. It's just safer. And she told me that I had missed a step. And so that was really important. And I'm really glad that that worked out that way. And I'm so glad that she feels safe enough to say no. Um, and she knew in that moment better than I did. And I always want to respect that, that that can be the case sometimes. Just because we're humans doesn't mean we're freaking perfect. So I am so glad that I can respect her enough to get her input. And, and it helps both of us. So we had a nice little session and it was beautiful. So yeah, and then I'm learning to give her different cues kind of learning the feel of her in the saddle, asking her to walk to targets, doing some of the really basic stuff that we already know on the ground, and transferring that ever so slowly into the saddle. I don't have a timeline. 
I don't have an end goal. We're just learning each other. Because my only other option is like if I really wanted to go full bore, I would want to go get riding lessons. But I don't want to do that because I don't want to go sit on some horse that doesn't want me there and have some trainer tell me to kick them to get them to go faster. That's that's just not how I want to be. So I'm really happy just being excruciatingly slow and learning and listening to Lara. And it's been super awesome. I like it. And I think she does too. She's she's always more than willing to walk into that round pen. She doesn't show any hesitation. I go stand up at the mounting block. She's got more hay that she could eat. She will come over to me when she wants to play the mounting game. And it's nice because we get way more repetition. If you're like taking a horseback riding lesson, how often do you get on and off? Usually it's like, okay, time for your horse riding lesson. You get on, you have the lesson, you get off, the end. That's all the mounting practice you get. Whereas with Lyra, I could do it three, four, five times because we also have a dismount cue that we're practicing. So when I'm ready to get off of her, I have her stand and wait. We do lots of standing and waiting. Whether we're on the ground or in the saddle, stand and wait is like our number one behavior that we practice. So when I'm ready to give off, get off, I drop both of my feet out of the stirrups. And then I lift up my right leg this time. So left leg to get on, right leg to get off. So I lift up my right leg and when she touches my right boot with her nose, then I throw that leg back over her back and I slide off. And since she's not too tall, I can slide off without falling on my butt. So it works really well. And it's nice. And then that's kind of transitioning into she can have a cue if she needs me to get off. And I want that to be a possibility as well. Last but not least, we have our little story time of what Lyra said. And it was cool. She was uh, getting her hooves trimmed a few days ago. So we were kind of dodging weather and the farrier was coming over and there was kind of a, some more snow and some more storm coming up later that day, but the farrier managed to come over. The footing was really bad and sloppy. So the farrier came into the fence where there's a kind of a nice packed trampled down snow area and decided to trim her hooves there. So I had the halter on her and I just have the halter on her just for safety and just to hold on to and to keep her attention. And I give her lots of treats. I could tell, I could tell right away when the farrier showed up and everything that she had a bit of energy. She could tell the weather was changing. She was kind of prancy just a little bit. Normally she's, she's an energy conserver. Um, some people would call her lazy. That's not the kind of words that I like to use, but she just likes to conserve energy. She doesn't trot unless she has reason or go faster unless she has a reason to typically. But I could tell she had some energy. And so I was like, okay, I better keep her attention really well. So that's that's what I did while her hooves were being trimmed. I asked her for kisses. I directed her attention. I uh, asked her to touch my hand and things like that. And she was really good. So I kept the rate of reinforcement high and she was super good, even though her hooves were being trimmed and she had energy. So that went really well. I was really proud of her. And then since we were inside the fence anyway, I asked the farrier if she wanted to come see the buttons that I have mounted inside Lara's shed. And she's like, yeah, sure. Since I'm in here, let's, let's go look. And so I showed her and then I asked if Lara wanted to push a button. And I always say, you know, I don't make her push buttons. Sometimes she does, sometimes she doesn't. It's totally up to her. And so Lara was willing to come push buttons. And what she pushed is she pushed play trot. And that is not something that she requests super often. But she had energy. She just had her hooves trimmed. And I was like, oh, she wants to play trot. And I knew it was absolutely true. 
and it's just totally on point for her frame of mind and level of energy at that time. So I had her stand and wait, and then I kind of get a, a few paces off of her, and then I start running, and I invite her to trot up to me. So we kind of trotted back and forth. There's not a lot of great footing right now, but we trotted back and forth a bit and gave her some treats for it, and it was super sweet. But it was cute that she was able to talk and well, while the farrier was there to listen to what she had to say. That was fun. So those are the little stories of uh, communication and relationship with Lara these days. And now I'm looking forward to next year and what my thoughts or intentions are. So I don't really do resolutions. I just do kind of intentions or uh, themes. And I try to consolidate it into just like a word or two. And I think my word for this coming year is connection. And it really kind of hit me the other day that that's part of my core values. So I've read some help, self-help books and some other things that invite you to really be intentional about listing your values, defining what your values are. And, you know, I've done that. It's like, oh, yeah, I value my family. I value my friends, my pets, you know, the good work that I do. I value all of those things. But it all seemed, I don't know, it seemed like it wasn't cohesive. Like it wasn't really genuine it didn't really get to the crux of it and then I realized not too many days ago that what what word I'm really searching for kind of the unified theory of my values is the word connection and then I'm thinking about really being intentional about taking that into 2023 and being connected to my family being connected to my friends being connected to Lyra to nature being connected to my work and the good work that I'm doing, the impact that I'm making, and being connected to myself and my body and my, my headspace as well. So I'm looking at being more connected and also not being closed to connections uh, in the virtual space. I know that they're not the same kind of connections, and I know some people try to substitute them in ways that aren't exactly healthy. In TikTok lately, I keep seeing these live streams where they list like all these controversial opinions and then they're like, fight me. Like, yuck. I just don't feel like there's anything good that's coming out of that type of really superficial interaction where no one really knows anyone else or gets to know anyone else. So, but I am open to ways in which virtual spaces can bring people to get to know each other or to just have some genuine exchanges. And I'm open to those types of connections. And so if you have any feedback on this podcast or what's going on, uh, you can reach out to me at wordswithhorses at gmail.com. And so connection is my theme for 2023. So I hope to keep that in mind as I move forward. And one kind of aspect of connection that intersects with Lyra is I want her to have a friend. I know that that's a need that horses have, and while I don't feel like it's an absolute emergency, must go get her a friend right now, regardless of anything else, um, I do feel it's an important thing that she needs. I can't spend the other, you know, 20 hours of the day with her. She's, she's alone. Well, she does pretty well as a loner horse. She lays down to sleep. She doesn't pace the fence. She doesn't have high anxiety about things. Well, she's probably a bit bored 
a lot of the time and she probably eats more and moves less than she would if she had a friend. So for her own health and well-being, I know it would be the best thing, but maybe not an emergency thing and I want to do it right. So there are a few things I have to do before doing it right. One is my family has to be on board. We don't bring living things into our family unless everyone is on board. And that was kind of the biggest uh, hurdle, I thought, for quite a while. But my husband is okay, and I have agreement from him to bring a mini equine into our uh, family space. So I don't even care what color, what age. It's just a mini horse, donkey, mule, I don't care which. Mini equine to be a friend for Lyra. So um, I could say that I've, I've kind of started keeping an eye open for how easy or nearby that might be to obtain a mini equine, but I have a lot to do before that can be a possibility. For one, I have to have enough hay storage. I have just enough hay storage for Lyra. If I also have another mouse to feed, even if it's a little one, I'm probably going to need a bit more. So there's one thing. Um, another thing is I have to have a poo plan. So I'm going to have a little bit more poo. I did get a drag that can be pulled behind our pickup truck to drag the poo around in the, the acre field to spread it out. I'm thinking maybe that will be sufficient. I'll have to see how that works for uh, just having Lyra and see if the drag idea is sufficient to take care of the, the poo issue. And then another piece is probably one of the more important pieces is I want a veterinary emergency fund. So I need to have money in case my animals need some emergency veterinary care. And while we do have, you know, our household slush money that if something happened to Lyra, we would, we would dip into to take care of her. I want to be more intentional about having that, especially if we have yet another animal and animals can play with each other roughly sometimes. I just want to make sure I'm prepared. And then there's another piece. I feel like I need a strategy to divide the one acre pasture that I have so that I can have like a sacrifice area, that I can help the grass grow in some of the other areas, that I can keep them from grazing it to nothing. Um, just see if I can manage the acre I have a little better with some maybe dividing kind of uh, just some, some posts and some hot wire to kind of divide it a little bit just with like one or two strands. And then I don't know if I'll get this far, but in an ideal world, I would fence the back three acres. That would give me much more pasture rotation opportunities and it would make it so I would need to buy less hay. I think there would be a, just a ton of utility in having that additional acreage uh, fenced and be able to turn them out in it in the summer. And it's in the back. It's not like a main, there isn't a main road near there or anything. I, I think I could maybe not have uh, kind of the Fort Knox fence I have in the front yard. And I'm glad that I have such a sturdy fence in the front yard, but I'm thinking maybe I could only have, I could do two or three wire instead of four, but we'll see. I don't know if I'll get there because my husband is less excited about helping me fence the backyard than he was with the front yard. So I don't know. And I don't know how much of it I'll be able to do just on my own. Um, maybe I'll have some help this summer. We'll see. But that's what I would like to do maybe everything except for fencing the back before I could bring home another equine, just to feel like I'm doing it carefully. 
and in the right way. So that's what I've been thinking about, what I'm looking forward to over the next year. We will see how that works out. Thank you so much for hanging out and coming along, even though these updates are freakishly intermittent. And no, I'm sorry, I cannot predict or uh, even intend when the next episode will be shared. Um, usually it's when I have uh, at least 30 minutes of content to share that I haven't already been able to share in a better format. So that's when it happens, but uh, I can't tell you when it happens, if that makes sense. Anyway, I hope you had uh, as good a year as you could have had and that the following year brings even better things for you. Feel free to reach out anytime if you have questions or suggestions. And thank you for, again, for listening. Bye-bye. Welcome to Words with Horses. You may have seen videos of dogs or cats pushing buttons that speak out loud in English. My name is Carmen, and that's what I'm doing only with my horse. I've been surprised and excited and delighted by what Lyra has said so far, and it makes me look forward to the future. Who knows what can happen when we give a voice to our horses.